this out. Well, welcome to the podcast today, and Pastor Paul is here with me. Hi, Pastor Paul. Hey, Steve. Good to be with you again. All righty, and uh, it's good. Now, we're uh, over the last few weeks, we've been dealing with, of course, the fivefold ministry. We're talking about the fivefold ministry out of Ephesians 4. And uh, last week, we uh, got into a good discussion about apostles, which was uh, great. I mean, we went on and uh, dealt with a lot of things, a lot of different ways ministries and churches could be established and a lot of bad ways that ministries and uh, churches could be established as well. But this week, we're going to move on and um, I'm going to read our verse in uh, Ephesians 4.11. It says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I'll stop there, but that's, that's kind of our synopsis and uh, now we're on to the second and there's a lot of things to be said about prophecy and prophets and we're going to be talking about that today so um, first of all okay so a prophet now as we were were talking that this at this particular point with each of these first of all the first question pastor are there prophets in today's church? Uh, I believe there are. Okay. Because, you know, the ideal there in Ephesians 4, I mean, we have pastors and teachers. We have evangelists. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can conclude that we have apostles uh, in the sense of people being sent out. Sure. And and then so it would make a reasonable assumption that God calls prophets, and I don't think they were just for the apostolic time. I believe they're here with us today. Mm -hmm. And uh, the question then is uh, what their function would be. Yes. So, okay, the the function. So, yeah, we do have prophets. And, I mean, it's scriptural because that we would actually do have because we have not all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and uh, being perfect. Uh, I mean, we, we still should expect this. So we do have the fivefold ministry. So, okay, let's go to that that big question. What is the function of a prophet? And um, let's talk a little bit about history. Now, because I think as we answer this, we're going to have to understand prophets in the Old Testament. Yes. And prophets in the New Testament or prophecy prophets in the New Testament and today. Um, in the Old Testament, what did a prophet do? Well, a prophet in the Old Testament really was God's mouthpiece. He was the one 
who would uh, give the direction, the uh, the uh, well, you know, the direction to Israel or Judah, you know, when the kingdoms were divided. Mm -hmm. And so you see certain prophets that were in Israel, certain ones that were in Judah, um, and uh, and they were also there to warn. Uh, and that's you know we we see that especially. Uh, in Jeremiah's ministry, he's called the weeping prophet, uh, prophet for a reason. Mm -hmm. He had the, uh, he had the, uh, in a way, a thankless. Not, not that it's not the mercy of God, but, but to have that kind of ministry had to be difficult. God gave him a revelation that uh, that Babylon was going to come into Judah. You know, uh, Israel had already been uh, conquered by the Assyrians. Yeah. So this is about a hundred years later. And uh, and the, you know, and he mentioned Nebuchadnezzar by name. Mm -hmm. uh, even said, "My servant Nebuchadnezzar," and, and Nebuchadnezzar represented a judgment on the nation of Judah. And um, and and he 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 prophesied that it was going to come. Uh, and every other prophet, I say every other prophet, most every other prophet prophesied something different. Sounds kind of like our day in a way, but. Um, and, uh, and that caused him a lot of problems. And of course, we know that Nebuchadnezzar came three different campaigns. That's how we end up with Daniel and his friends in Babylon. That's how Ezekiel ends up in Babylon. And that's where when you get into Ezekiel, you have his prophecy and vision he saw. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all in Babylon. That's because they got carried away there. And, uh, and, and ultimately, Jeremiah, you know, ended up going, being put in, in Egypt after the third invasion. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, so, so you know, he, but so, so prophets also warned people. Isaiah, prophet, mm -hmm. warned about judgment that was coming. Okay. And uh, so, you know, <clears throat> so all, all your Old Testament books, as far as we call them major prophets, mm -hmm. you know, starting with Isaiah, ending with... Uh, well, I mean Daniel in that yeah. area, and then then also minor prophets, and and all of them were given to the nation. They spoke to the nation, mm -hmm. and God had a a plan for mm -hmm. them. And and there were and maybe it needs to be made known. There was no way in the Old Testament because no Old Testament. I'll use the word saint. In other words, follower of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't have the Holy Spirit like we do. No, they weren't born again. Mm -mm. Uh, they didn't have the Spirit within, or as as as, uh, as uh, John wrote about the unction from the Holy One. They didn't have that. Yeah. Uh, so the only way you could get any kind of guidance, the only way you could hear from God, the only way you could even connect with God, is through the prophet or the priest. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the only other person that had the Spirit upon them was the king. Yeah. But we also make mention that even all these prophets did not have the benefit of a believer in the New Testament, yeah. and that is to have the Spirit within. Spirit within. So we have the the three like you're, you're we've been talking you've been talking about it that you have the three offices: the king, the priest, and the prophet in the Old Testament that were anointed. They anointed yeah. them. Yes. With oil, I mean, you know, the the whole ritualistic pouring of the oil over their head and all that, and they were representative of the spirit being able being upon them, and they would be able to be the voice piece of God. Now, um, and of course, the messages of the Old Testament prophets were not positive for no. the most part. No, no, they were not. And, and, and I mean, yeah, you can find some 
you know, amount of encouragement like uh, when Isaiah prophesied in the, the siege, I believe that was Hezekiah. Yeah. And uh, and he prophesied how God was going to work this and turn it all around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and remember, the lepers went out there and found out that the the Syrian army, whatever it was, was completely gone. Completely and gone, God brought yeah. in a provision. Yeah, that was positive. Yeah, I mean, th- so I'm not saying all of it's negative, but he- here's another way to put it. When have you ever really seen any Old Testament prophet mm-hmm. barring a few just little blips on the screen like that what we just mentioned yeah or even New Testament prophets when have you ever seen any of them tell you something you really wanted to hear no no and there was did. always a warning it was a warning yeah if you the prophet showed up at your doorstep on a king's doorstep uh, there's something wrong and and that's needing to be dealt with and as we uh, you can read <clears throat> some of these I was reading out of Isaiah the other day and saying that, you know, he, he wants to send, he says, go and tell the people, hear ye indeed, or hear, hear ye indeed. I'm reading out of the end, what is it, the New King James? Hear ye indeed, but understand not. See you in, indeed, but do perceive not. So in other words, they, they have, uh, some of these guys were said, I'm sending you to give this word to these people, yeah. and they're going to they're going to not listen to you. Well, that's why he told Jeremiah that. He told Ezekiel. He said, "I'll make your 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 uh, your face or your your whatever you like flint." In other mm-hmm. words, I, in other words, there was a reason for that. Um, you know, uh, think about Nathan the prophet. Now, Nathan yeah. wasn't a writing prophet in the Old Testament, but mm-hmm. we know him. He's very associated with David, King David. Yeah. And when King David uh, had. Uh, basically taking Bathsheba as his wife after he had her husband murdered because his plan on trying to cover up the pregnancy did not work. Yeah. And anyway, so here we are. He said he got mm-hmm. away with it. Nobody gets away with anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, God sees everything. He does. And uh, so Nathan comes and gives him this little sad story about this guy's sheep being killed and 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 all this, you know, you know, the atrocity of it all. And David is angry and he, he sat there and said, well, this is what's going to be done to that man and all this other. And then Nathan just looks at him and says, you're the man. He says, you're the man. You're the man. Yeah, it's because David. And he confronted him Bathsheba. about his sin with Bathsheba, yeah. uh, the murder of her husband. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, and that that's, that's risky, a prophet uh, coming to a king but that's what a prophet does. He yeah. is a warning. He's a mouthpiece of the Old Testament. Yeah. And uh, and you fast forward, John the Baptist is the last Old Testament prophet. Yeah. Um, you know, I realize that that's in our Gospels, but Jesus hadn't went to the cross yet or been that's raised right. from the dead, so that's there is right. no new covenant. No. And, and Jesus talked about him being the greatest of the prophets, mm-hmm. but he said someone in the kingdom is greater than him. And why can he say that? Because we have the spirit within, he did not. Yeah. But John the Baptist also confronted the king and told him that it, Herod, King Herod, he said it's unlawful for you to have your brother's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, it cost him his head. Yeah. Yeah, so before you think about, man, I want to be a prophet, mm-hmm. you may want to consider that. Well, in, in the Bible does talk about how the, the various prophets and all that, they did. Um, I think it wasn't it in Hebrews. Was it Hebrews yeah. that talked about some of them were were cut in half. Some yeah. of them lost their heads. Some and of them. Most people believe Jewish, when Jewish history, that's Isaiah. Yeah. Manasseh had him put into a hollow log and they cut him in half. 
and they did not have the kind of saws we have today. Mm -hmm. That was painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that would quite that would be quite uh, painful. So uh, we have the Old Testament prophets. We're talking about that now. <clears throat> I think there gets to be a confusion because when we everybody says prophet, everybody's thinking about prophecy. Right. Okay. Now let's talk about Daniel for a minute. Daniel in the Old Testament, but we have what we read in Daniel is prophecies about futuristic events. Yes. So uh, the term prophecy is talking, or it kind of points us towards the future of a foretelling of something that's going to be happening or what have you. We see that a lot in the book of Daniel. We see that with Daniel's 40 weeks, we see all the King Nebuchadnezzar, you're the head, you know, and all that, these great images uh, that uh, they're see he's seeing in, in Daniel. And then of course, as we look in the book of Revelation, uh, we see all of those prophecies of what's coming at the end times. So, the thing is here is as we, now we're going to move into the New Testament. Okay. First of all, in New Testament times and beyond, what was the role of a prophet? Well, the role of a prophet in the New Testament is really similar. It, there is a lot of similarity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. The difference between the roles is that the role of the uh the New Testament, he, he's not the mouthpiece of God, mm -hmm. not in the sense of an Old Testament one. And and because, you know, I don't have to go to him to get guidance. Yes. In fact, we would almost say that's unscriptural. It is. Because we have the spirit within. We're supposed to be a part of a local church, a local mm -hmm. ecclesia. And, uh, and there is the ministry of that church, and there's a ministry of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. uh, mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Uh, so, so God's given us his word. We, we're not in the position that maybe a follower of Yahweh would have been in the old covenant. Uh, so, the, so there's some differences. And then the word prophecy, that's the word that gets really, really kind of jumbled up. Because mm -hmm. normally when you start thinking about prophecy, well, that can mean a lot of different things. Um, uh, there's a, a group uh, called Prophecy Watchers. They're not they're not talking about God gave me a word for right now. Mm -hmm. No, they're thinking in terms of the events of the rapture, yeah. uh, the second coming. <clears throat> uh, they're mm -hmm. looking at scripture and making, you know, that's different than say someone saying, God gave me a prophecy about the future. Yes. And, uh, and, and, and I honestly, um, I think that's sort of a, a non-biblical term to say it that way. Okay. Um, and the reason why I say that is 1 Corinthians 14, and this is Paul. Now remember, he mentions prophecy as one of the nine manifestations or gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. And here he, this is the only, by the way, this is the only gift of the Spirit that's really defined in mm -hmm. the sense of it's, you know, he just states it. And here in verse uh, 2 or 3, he says, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Okay, so let's g g give us those those pieces again. Okay, so he who prophesies, in other words, he's talking about in a local church here, someone sure. who speaks, and prophecy would be an inspired utterance by God. It would mm -hmm. be a work of the Spirit, all right? So we're not, yeah. we're, we're not it's not human, it's, it's supernatural in the sense. Sure. But what's it doing? 
it's it's speaking, so somebody has to say something, and uh, and it edifies people. It's edification. edification. It's exhortation, so it can be instructive. Instructive, okay. Uh, and then it's comfort, uh, and I think the New American uses the word consolation. Consolation. It, it's the same thing. Comfort, okay. Yeah. So that's that's the purpose. But you see, at this point, so if we're in the middle of a service, and let's just give a, an example, and God and somebody is spoken through that they give uh, some sort of prophetic word, yeah. Or what? I don't want to say word. I, I got to get away from that. Well, I think there's a but difference between utterance. prophecy and prophetic. Prophetic yeah. is, and when we go back to the those uh, ministry gifts <clears> in <throat> Ephesians four, we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. There could be in the office of an apostle, and then there could be somebody that had apostolic gifts. They're not gifts. necessarily an apostle, but they got some apostolic gifts at work in them, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and, 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 you know, and, and you can see that. I mean, I, you can see that in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, but then also I think you can have someone who help, who operates in the office of a, a prophet. Okay. And there's yet prophetical gifts. Prophetical and in the gifts. New Testament, I would say that Paul defined that as a word of wisdom, mm-hmm. a word, word of, knowledge, of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those are revelation or revelatory type gifts of the spirit. Okay. So a person could flow in those, maybe here or there. Mm-hmm. You could give a prophetic <clears throat> utterance, but that doesn't make you a prophet. Mm-hmm. A prophet is a calling, much like the calling of an apostle or an evangelist or a pastor who stands in that office or a teacher who stands in that office. Yeah. You might have a teaching gift. You may have pastoral gifts. You may have evangelistic type gifts. You might have prophetic gifts. You might have apostolic gifts, but that doesn't make you one who stands in an office. That's the difference there. And, okay. And those things are positive. I think yeah. we need to have that in the local church. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's very clear in Corinthians. It talks about these. Yes. And, um, the the thing here is though is but if God moves through somebody in the church with one of these men of uh, word of knowledge, uh, word of wisdom, um, you know, discerning the spirits, this type of thing, that doesn't mean that they're a prophet. No, no, it doesn't. It just means that for that moment in time, God, uh, you know, He gifted them with the ability mm-hmm. to do things. That, uh, you know, and, and, and like I said, you know, um, you know, in my life, the Lord has shared with me some interesting things. I don't want mm-hmm. to get into all that, but, yeah. but, but the point of it is that doesn't make me a prophet. No, I, I'm not, that's not my calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so sometimes weaving in and out through the years, you know, maybe five to sometimes eight, 10 years apart, sometimes God will share something to me about the future. Okay. He doesn't share with me everything about it, but he shares with me something about it, and I have to weigh that out. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you, you, know, you use the term "weigh it out." Now, if you you, you feel that you, God has given you something here, how do you weigh it? How do you weigh it? Well, first of all, you know, some of it is through trial, and uh, I, I won't say error because honestly, and this is not meant to be egotistical. I've never had God share with me anything that didn't happen. Yeah. It, it, it didn't always come to pass the way I thought it was going to happen, but mm-hmm. because he didn't share with me everything about it, but uh, but it's 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 strange. And so part of it is depends on how it comes. Does it come through a dream? Does it come through a a vision? Does it come through the word of the Lord? I mean, is it 
I mean, I've had things differently. Uh, you know, one of well, this this will this will be something about the future that'll be interesting. Uh, when I went to the church uh, in Santa Fe, Texas, mm -hmm. uh, I had already um, put in my resume at that okay. time, and this would have been nineteen ninety. Uh, this would have been two thousand uh, two thousand three. Mm -hmm. And I put in my my resume, and really honestly, I had, I'd had a uh, interview with the church and had already made my decision that I didn't want to go. Okay. I was happy where I was at. And I sure. just really didn't mm -hmm. want to go. It, it, it was like I was going to have to recreate the whole entire thing. It was almost going to have to tear the whole entire thing down mm -hmm. to build it to where it was needed. And I and, and, and even my, my meeting I had with them, they asked me about things about worship and others. And, and they were all, they were still like back in 1970, 75 in yeah. worship. And, and their church was going nowhere. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I told him, I said, look, you know, I won't change anything if I come. I said, not, uh, not right away, but I can tell you based on how God has led us and how he has worked in our ministry, it will change. Mm -hmm. It may not change overnight, but it will change. And I talked about what that would mean. Mm -hmm. And I just, and, and here was my opportunity. I said, if this is not where you believe you want your church to go, do me a favor and do yourself a favor. Take my resume, wad it up, throw it in the trash. Because that's where, this is where the ministry of this church will go. Yeah. I know the gifts and callings of my life. Sure. And I have to be true to them. Yeah. And I thought, I'm out. Praise God, I'm out. <laughs> so anyway, uh -huh. they, uh, they uh, you know, they were going to interview, I think, a, maybe another person after that. And so about a week went by. And this would have been on a, a Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. I had a dream. Now, I'm not a big dreamer. My wife mm -hmm. is, but I'm not. And I had a dream. And in my dream, a gentleman, one of the members of the board, called me on the phone. And uh, and, and th th it was so vivid. And he called me on the phone. And he said, hey, we, um, we got together and we believe that you're the man for the job. Mm -hmm. And we just... Uh, Really feel we want to have you come in and and try out and can you come on such and such date and in my dream I said I can't do that I said one of the people on my uh, worship team is also a board member of ours mm -hmm. he's having his 25th year anniversary we have a big celebration planned for that day and I cannot do that to him he yeah. said pastor we would not want you to do that he said can you come the week after and mm -hmm. I said yes we can and my dream ended Okay. I woke up on Wednesday morning, and and I knew that it was God. Mm -hmm. I knew it was. Why? Well, first of all, it's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. And so it wasn't my flesh. That's one thing. <laughs> and I told my wife, and I told her what the dream was. I said, mm -hmm. don't be surprised if we don't find ourselves in Santa Fe, Texas, as a pastor of that church. Yeah. That uh, night... Uh, I got. I forget how I found out about it, but but that night, no, it was it was that night after church. That board member called me. Mm -hmm. Now, so I had the dream Tuesday night. This is Wednesday after church. He calls me. We had the same conversation on the phone. Mm -hmm. When you're doing it, you're not thinking about it at the moment. Sure. We have the. He says the same things. I say the same things. Everything. The only thing different was when the dream ended, and that's where, you know, I mean, at the point he said, can you come to such and such a stage? And I said, yes, I can. That's where my dream ended. 
in the in the actual phone conversation, we went there, and then it went just a, a few more minutes after that. It was a issue of, about some logistics and sure whatever you know, and, yeah, and, and, and things of that nature. And of course, we found ourselves in Santa Fe, Texas, mm-hmm. and pastoring the church there, and uh, and everything. Was, <laughs> but what I'm saying so, that was supernatural. God God revealed mm-hmm. to me something about the future; it hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, that was a word of wisdom. That's what he did, and uh, and as far as that, I didn't have a lot of time to weigh it out because mm-hmm. it happened so quick. Sure, uh, but it, but I've had the Lord uh, share with me other things, and when I say weigh it out, first of all, I go to the Bible. Does it does it in any way conflict with anything with Scripture? That's okay, the, so Scripture and the it, it, does it agree with Scripture? Yeah. And by the way, that dream I had, it didn't conflict with Scripture. I could no. see examples in the Bible how God gave people dreams and directions and stuff, and so mm-hmm. it could happen. Um, you know, and that's that's not the normal way to receive direction, but but God does do spectacular things from time to time. I don't know why He does. Mm-hmm. We'll get to heaven. We can ask Him. Yeah. Um, and and then I I would also uh, you know ask this, does it make sense? I mean I mean when I say I'm not when I say does it make sense, I mean does it does it sound crazy? Yeah. Because most things that sound crazy are crazy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's not to suggest yep. that God can't give you unusual information. I'm not saying that, but let's just be honest. That's not the normal way God does things. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the, the 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 last way you can you can look at it is does it come to pass? Yes. Does, does it, it come to pass? Yeah. Yeah. And if it don't come to pass, then or if something else happens in its place that's <laughs> opposite of what you believe that God said to you, then I would say that maybe you had too many tacos that night. Yeah, maybe two that, tacos, that, that, some pizza, bad something. Yeah, bad. That, that messed with your dreams or something. Yeah. So okay, so um, so you. you and we believe that, of course, that's scriptural. And uh, I believe it was in the book of Asset talks about that in the last day, you know, there are people would dream dreams and see visions yeah, yeah. And, so, and that type of thing. Yeah. And so, but, okay, so pro- prophecy, that, that's, that's good and, and all that. But when I'm talking about, like, you know, you have your apostle prophets, we had talked about the relationship to the individual church. Right. Okay, so here we have a church, um, River of Life Church in Georgetown, Texas, your pastor of. And we, uh, there's somebody came, the apostle established, a, well, at one particular point, established the work and oversaw that, etc. And things are moving on. Um, now, how, who or how does pro- the pro- office of prophet affect this church? Well, you know what's interesting now, um, and, and you know, I kind of told myself, and we talked about it that we would not get into it. Yeah. Um, but really, those that occupy, and I and I will use this term loosely, a prophet. Okay. Um, they affect every church, mm-hmm. especially the YouTube prophets. And and and, and by the way, we're on YouTube, so you know, we're we're not trying to be say that's bad or wrong. Yeah. Um, and we, we have illustrations. You gave me one last night after church. Yeah. Um, but, um, but you know, if you have people on YouTube that are prophesying things, mm-hmm. and, and, and like in our church or any other church, we have people that listen to these people. Yeah. Um, 
I guess what I would say to them is, you know, number one is what they're saying. Does it lead you to Jesus, a closer walk with him? Yeah. Does it glorify God? Okay. Uh, that That's, you know, I mean, or that that's a valid question. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, are we going to these YouTube prophets for guidance? Because if we are, that's wrong. That's not where we seek it. A prophet can give you direction in the sense of confirmation, things God's already dealing with you about. Mm-hmm. Agabus gave a warning of a drought sure. in the New Testament. Yes, I understand things like that can happen. Yeah. But but uh, Agabus in the New Testament is not a crystal ball. Yeah. He's not he's not somebody that you go seek <clears throat> out in his house and say, Do you have a word for me? Mm-hmm. He would have looked and, at you and rebuked you for yeah. that. And I, I think right here, we need to, and I think it's very important that we draw this distinction, that we draw this comparison, that an individual should not be seeking out right. a prophet no, to get a word or to get a whatever you want to call it, a prophecy or what have you. Because today, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to state this, in the secular world, we have people that go to psychics. We have people that go to uh, uh, tarot card readers, uh, palm, they, readers. palm <laughs> readers, tea leaves, whatever. People open up the newspaper to read their horoscope. Right. When we look at that type of thing and that if, if a child of God is doing that, they are looking, uh, in, well, first of all, in the wrong direction. And secondly, that's witchcraft. Yes. And the Bible is very clear and very distinct that we are to have nothing to do with those type of things. Yes, and, 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 you know, I believe it's Deuteronomy 18 where it talks about those different uh, occultic practices. Mm -hmm. And one of the things it says about it is those who practice those things, God considers uh, toivah, Hebrew for an abomination or uh, detestable. Detestable, an uh, abomination. And he drives yeah. people out of the land, he says. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, yeah, I drove these people out of the land for these practices. I'll drive you, speaking to Israel, I will drive you out of the land if you do these things. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, well, if God doesn't want us to do things like that, I don't see anything, I mean, anything in the New Testament. And, we, and you've already mentioned it. There's a difference between a prophet or prophecy or how that worked in the old and how it works in the new. Sure. Because everyone in the old, uh, unless you're a prophet, priest, or king, you don't have the anointing. You don't have the spirit. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have any choice back then in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, that is not us. Uh, the, the Romans chapter 8 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons, sons of, of God. God. Yeah. He talks about the Spirit gives witness to our spirit or testifies to us mm-hmm. that we are the, 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 the children, children of, of God, God and joint heirs with Christ. Mm-hmm. That is that is the benefit of being in the new covenant. And so if I am, as a believer, seeking out people uh, that I consider to be prophets, if I was on YouTube or I go to somebody's door and knock on their door, Mm-hmm. Because I want to find out what God is saying. I think that's dangerous. I think it's very dangerous. Well, let me, let me, let me, and in this case, came to let me draw a comparison or a similarity to um, people that love to get into other people's business. They like to talk about other people, the gossip, that type of situation. They derive pleasure from that. And, um, 
the, the we 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 do have in the individuals that are seeking out prophets i mean daily going to this feed on on youtube or wherever it would be to get that information i'm trying my very best not to mention names here so uh, where to go but they trying so they can get to so they can know the future you see it's uh, it, i i guess it's it's must be you know human nature for people yes. to want to um to be be in the know yeah. they want to know what's going on they want to you know that's why we turn on the news what's going on in the world however there's a distinction between news and trying to get the scoop on what's going to happen in my future now uh the 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 thing is god i i you know i believe it's very clear that god holds your future yes he has your days numbered in a book, he says. Yes. And uh, and and so, uh, and there's also the Deuteronomy 29, 29 passage. It's quoted mm -hmm. often. I use it from time to time. Mm -hmm. The secret things belong to the Lord. Yes. And those things that are revealed belong to us and our children and their children. And so what do we have revealed to us? Well, we have what we call theonostos, God-breathed scripture. Yes. Old and New Testament. And, uh, and if you want to get direction from God, read your Bible. Mm -hmm. Read it in context. God speaks through this. Now, does it mean that someone couldn't give a person a word? Well, Agabus didn't just prophesy a famine. Yeah. He also went to Philip's house where the Apostle Paul was staying. Uh -huh. And he took the Apostle Paul's belt and he tied his own hands up and he says, this is what the Lord says will be done to the man that owns these in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And now just make a mention, Agabus was a part of the church at Jerusalem. He was a, for the better sake of the word, a member. That's where he came from. That was his church. Sure. Okay. And, uh, and so God obviously sent him on a mission. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, this wasn't anything new to Paul, the Apostle Paul. He already had warnings. He already knew in his spirit that he wasn't just going to go to Jerusalem, but God had appeared and showed him that he would also give testimony in Rome. And uh, and and so, but so, what was the purpose of that? Why did God do that? Well, I think for Paul, he's like anybody else. Mm -hmm. I think God wanted to give him assurance that he is on the right track, that I'm not suicidal or a maniac. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you want to well, it's like so, a confirmation yeah, of what he's planning on doing. Yeah, and. Uh, and, you know, and nothing's really big made out of that. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two incidents we have of Agabus. Mm -hmm. He prophesies a drought. They He must have had some kind of track record because they prepared for it. By the way, the drought did happen. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, he, and he gave a word to Paul. And guess what? Paul went to Jerusalem. And exactly what he said happened. Yeah. He got arrested. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and it, eventually, I mean, God's plan for him was he able to go to Rome. And he had a purpose for that. Sure. And that, in fact, if you know, that's part of why we have the Romans book, mm -hmm. <laughs> the yep. Bible, and uh, uh, which, which in one sense is his greatest, almost his greatest work mm -hmm. on the issue of justification um, and the issue of how that grace is involved in justification, mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is, I mean, can you imagine if we didn't have Romans in, in the New Testament? No. We would miss something here. Yeah, I mean, we, we would definitely yeah, we really would. would. I mean, Galatians like a little Romans, but it does not supplant Romans. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but what I'm saying is, uh, I think what's happened is uh, it's, it's a similarity 
between two things that I've seen in a, in the church, and these and, and like I said, if you if you go to a Baptist church, probably none of this makes any sense to yeah, you. Probably. And so uh-huh. you can just see well, you got your problems, we got ours. All right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but 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 I mean, you know, handkerchiefs. You know, there's that part in Acts 19, Paul. They're taking handkerchiefs or aprons from his body. They're laying them on sick people or people who are demonized and they're getting <clears> set free and all mm-hmm. like that. And so you know, people look at that. By the way, it's the only time that's ever mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then people start, you know, I got a handkerchief I prayed for and this and that, whatever. And you just see this. It's uh, yeah. just well, everywhere. Yeah. You start seeing them and they're saying, well, let's get a bunch of handkerchiefs. Yeah. We're going to pray over them. Go take this handkerchief to yeah, this they, person who's sick. They make it sick. like an ordinance of the church. This is almost like water baptism mm-hmm. or communion or the, or the Lord's Supper. You know what I mean? And... uh and, you know, in and, and the, and the same way, I think, people take uh, Agabus, what he did. And so we've got all these people that have a word for somebody. And, and to some extent, I'm not saying that God still doesn't do that. Yeah. But I just don't think it happens as often as what we think. Yeah. And secondly, if somebody's giving you a word all the time, mm-hmm. we don't see that in the New Testament. No, and then, I think we're going to try to get into that in just a minute. Uh, we want to talk about personal prophecy. I think it's very important that we that people understand about this, and because uh, a lot of this is misused. We, 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 we like we talked about last week with the apostles. We're talking this week about prophets, and that there there's there's some some wacky things that that happen in the church when it comes to prophecy. We got to be careful of that. Um, one thing I was going to give an example about, you talk about the handkerchiefs and all that. I mean, in our present day, I think it wasn't it Benny Hinn that used to blow on people. Yes. So you see all the, <laughs> I'm over here going, you see all these evangelists or whatever praying for people and blowing on them. And they're going, what, you know, it's not working or what, what's going on? Hey, and, and you dude, know, that, that all came about. Yeah. And, and like I said, Benny Hinn has to stand before God. Anyone else has done it has to stand before God and answer for it. Yeah. So I'm not saying that there couldn't be a legitimate moment where that could happen. Yeah. I don't think it's probably as often as what we've seen it. But have you noticed that that's all went away? It has. That we don't have any more blow on people. Yeah, we don't. Okay. Say, yeah. Uh, and, and, but that was based on the fact that Jesus, after the resurrection, he breathed on his disciples. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, man, we're just going to be blowing on everybody. Blowing on. And it's just, it's <laughs> crazy. It's just amazing that people. And I, the only thing I've always wondered is why in the world, the, you know, the handkerchiefs and the blowing on people, why didn't we ever pick up? Uh, spitting on the ground and making a little mud, little mud, mud thing, pie, and, put it on their eyes, put it in somebody's eye. I mean, yeah. you ever noticed that that never caught on? Maybe it will that we talked about it. So, yeah, that'd be kind of. It's uh, like, hey, uh, gonna, uh, I'm going to be spitting, uh, making some mud. It's got to be real moist, and if you've got any eye problems, we're going to get you this morning. I don't know how uh, sanitary I, that yeah, would be, but I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. So okay, alrighty, and you know, and the thing here is the the. The way that God moves in prophecy, you know, the thing, we, we were talking about prophet being the mouthpiece of God, the mouthpiece of God, God communicating to his people, yeah. God communicating to us. And um, what, what reminded me, and uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier before the uh, we recorded, that uh, we had the King Saul back in the Old Testament, man. Uh, he wasn't hearing from the prophets what he wanted to hear, so he's going to run uh, run over to the witch at Endor yeah. to call uh, Saul, or what was it, Samuel. Samuel up from an ove. Yeah. 
And that was the end of his life. Yeah, everything went downhill tremendously. Fast. Tremendously, he says when you know that you're going to be joining me tomorrow, or whatever, well, whatever that he, spirit he, was. He uh, disobeyed God. Yeah, because in the uh, Mosaic Law, which by the way, these things are also applicable to us. Yes, and that is that you do not uh, get involved in occultic practices. Period. No. Yeah. yeah, we cannot be involved in that. We that that that's against God. It's it's uh, and because while it's part of the law, it's not just, it's mm-hmm. not just the law. Uh, it's it's a very nature of God. He will not allow us to worship or to seek guidance from mm-hmm. or anything that's outside of what He gives. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and let me just say this, and and this is and this is a, a warning to anyone who moves in prophetical gifts. Because okay. I do from time to time. Mm-hmm. It's not very often, but I do. And or anyone else. And that is that if you are claiming to hear from God, God's revealed something to you about the future or maybe something that's going on right now mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, I, we're going to give an account to God for that. Oh, absolutely. So we need to be careful that we just don't say, thus says the Lord, and when God has not said. And also make a distinction from this. I have a prayer notebook over here that I write into any impressions I get from Scripture, mm-hmm. anything that moves on me. And in, that, in that, this particular prayer, I have some prophetical words that God gave me. Mm-hmm. But do I believe that that is the honestos? In other words, is that equal to Scripture? No, no I do not. No. No, I think there needs to be a distinction made. Mm-hmm. You know, the ultimate thing I have to answer to God for is what did I do with this Bible? Yeah. And and the pages of that, if, if God gives us any kind of assignment or any other thing, that's fine. You know, we just obey the Lord and leave it at that. But I must admit, giving a few of the prophetical words that I, I gave in, in 2018, mm-hmm. which is interesting, They've either come to pass or they're presently coming to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, w- the Lord told me to warn people about some of those things. Sure. And I had people calling me, asking me, have you got any more words about this and that? Yeah, I mean, and you know what I had to do? Hmm. I had to sit there and say, hey, that ain't the way it works. Yeah. I think a lot of people may have received a genuine prophetical word. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was real. But there is the temptation to just, and you feel some kind of responsibility to give people some direction. That mm-hmm. is not your job. That is not your job. And this is this is this is we're right here at a great point to move into the discussion uh, towards the back half of this uh, episode on personal prophecy. I'm going to give I'm going to give just a quick quick example. My wife and I, we, we, we uh, have friends, and actually it was a minister friend and his wife. And I'm not going to say names or anything, but the thing is, is that we were, uh, we, we've known them for many, many years. Yeah. And um, his wife, we were there at the hospital when his wife received the diagnostic that she had, I believe it was pancreatic cancer. And so, um, <clears throat> anyway, of course, that scared her. I mean, that scared, you know, it was kind of reality that, uh, you know, your life may be ending. It was stage four. 
And so what what happened was that we we through the uh, next year or what have you, we went we were with them in several different places. I mean, they went to this particular place, and there was a minister up there speaking. And he was up there, and this has happened actually two or three times that we can recall, that um, they went and uh, these ministers, they were up there praying for people, and they wanted to give her a word. And they gave her the word, well, you will live and not die. You will live and not die. And she got that from three different, from I understand it was three, but it could have been more, uh, but different Ministers that wanted to tell her that she's going to live and not die. Um, it was about a year after that she had received the diagnostic that uh, we uh, we attended her funeral. Now, here's the thing. First of all, there's a couple of things I want to say about that. Number one, I don't know why these individuals, these ministers, these uh, that felt the need. They had to tell her, maybe they were trying to encourage her. Yeah, because what they were saying, I mean, that is a Bible passage. Mm -hmm. You know, you will live and not die. Oh, of course. And I believe that's what Isaiah, and, and, and that is, a, that's Hezekiah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and, uh, and I mean, I, I've only done that to two people. Mm-hmm. And... The difference between what they did and what the Lord did me twice, yeah, is that both those gentlemen that had cancer got healed. They got healed, and they were in bad condition. Yeah, and I felt from the Lord, and I, you know, and, and like I said, it's hard to explain spiritual things because they're so they're subjective to everybody else. I get mm -hmm. that. I mean, I, you know, what if I say that I felt like the Lord wanted me to say that? I can't, I can't quantify that for anyone. Yeah. Uh, I've only done it two times. But, you know, it, it, it's one thing to try to, I want to encourage this yes. person. Don't lose hope. Or to try, try not to, or whatever they want to do. But to take that and put it under the guise of giving somebody a, a personal word. prophetic word, I think is reprehensible. It is very much. Because if God did not say that over them, if that is not true, then what you're going to do is you're going to damage people's faith. Yes. Uh, well, let me give an illustration. I, I'm, I'm preaching here in our service. One of our members of the church got a, sta a, a stage four a diagnosis of cancer, lymphoma. Yeah. And it was a rare form of lymphoma. And um, and anyway, and he and he did come up for prayer. We did lay hands on him and pray mm -hmm. the prayer of faith. Sure. Based on the fact of what we believe in the atonement, that Jesus mm -hmm. died so that you know, with his stripes we would be healed. Surely mm -hmm. he bore our sicknesses, carried our pains. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we asked the Lord, based on what he did, if he would take care of that. Well, fast forward a couple of months, and, uh, and, and he's going through treatment yeah. at MD Anderson. Okay. And, uh, and, but, but I'm preaching and I sense from the Lord, I don't how to quantify that, but I knew that I was supposed to say it. I've only done it one other time. And it was with a pastor. I was speaking in his church. Mm -hmm. He had a terrible diagnosis of cancer. Mm -hmm. It did not look, it, honestly, they weren't giving him a lot of hope. Yeah. And when I was preaching there, this was years before, I stopped in the middle of my message and his name is Melvin Ware. He still pastors there in mm -hmm. Dixon. 
And I looked, I said, Melvin, I'm going to tell you something. And I believe I received it from the Lord. And I pointed my finger at you. I want you to know, Pastor, Pastor Ware, you will live and you will not die. Mm-hmm. And I and I knew, I, I told the Lord, I, and I, after I did it, I thought, you know, not, not at that moment, but out, outside the moment, I thought, boy, I sure hope you don't die. <laughs> you know? but, but I knew it was a work of the yeah. Spirit. Yes. And, uh, so this was the same situation here mm-hmm. with the gentleman in the church. I stopped, I pointed my finger at him, and I said, and his name is Roy. And I said, Roy, I want you to know something. You're not going to die of cancer. You will live and not die. And, of course, he just got his prognosis that, the cancer, they can't even find it in his body anymore. Right. Yeah, and, uh, and so God came through. What they did, I can't comment on because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to say this again, and I don't know how to say this in a way that it does not sound arrogant. I have never had God ever do anything in my life like that. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever had God reveal anything to me, speak to me about anything, whether it involved the moment or the future or whatever that it did not come to pass. Yeah. I've looked and when it says Samuel, God did not let any of his words fall. Sure. None. And, uh, but, you, and, and, but I think yeah. there's part of that is that it, your motivation is so big. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you trying to do? I mean, are you trying to bring glory to yourself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is the purpose? Yeah. Why are you doing? And the thing is, I, I think the difference here is that you fear God. I'm well, sorry. Yeah. You fear God, and you want to make sure that it's done right. There's a purpose there, and there are others that want to bring glory upon themselves, well, or oh, well, he man, he's a prophet, you know, blah blah blah. Now, uh, as you look at something up here, I'm going to tell another story real quick about we were up at a church. Uh, actually, we were uh, working in a church up north. Now I'm not going to say where it was. And I told you this story, I think it was last night. I think this needs to be mentioned. Um, so anyway, we were there and then a, a gentleman that would, would come and they would have a gentleman there every year. Okay. And he would come and I know, and I'm not going to say, say what his little mannerisms were because somebody may know who he was. Well, if they, well, if you do, well, whatever. But um, the thing is, is that he would come in and he would give individual words. He would come up to the person and say, hey, I got a word for you, blah, 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 blah. I got a word for you, you know, and it'd go on like that. So pastor was talking to me. He says, yeah, we have him up about, uh, you know, every year. He comes in and I probably about three, three services because he feels that he says, uh, well, within three services, I, fi- I figure he can do everybody. He can do everybody. That's so unscriptural. That is, I mean, I mean, if you just read about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, there's a statement there that says all these work as the Spirit wills. He's the one that distributes them, mm-hmm. and they work according to His will. What I have observed about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, and there are certain things that kind of work perpetually in my life, not prophetic. Sure. That, that's here and there. Yeah, but uh, I kind of weave in and out of that about every five to ten years. So I mean, I don't think I don't think in terms like that. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I get some, I know that I got some. It yeah. Surprises me. Okay. Sure. So, so but but there's other gifts that do work more perpetually. I would use the word gifts of healings. God spoke to me about that when I was in Southwestern. Mm-hmm. That is a gift that 
happens regularly. It manifests a little differently. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean everybody I pray for is going to get healed either. Mm-hmm. But but what I, what I'm saying is that I can relate to that one better. And uh, because I believe all the gifts of the Spirit are like this, whether you are used prophetically regularly or not, yeah. they don't work all the time when you want to turn them on and turn them off. No, I mean, they if you don't do it that way. If the Spirit is moving that way, mm-hmm. I've seen spectacular results praying for the sick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But uh, it's just like if I'm praying for 25 people, mm-hmm. and let's say that gift starts operating it'll operate maybe for two or three of them the rest of them we just pray the prayer of faith yeah and that I, somebody says mm-hmm. why i know when it's in manifestation when it's not yeah and so uh so i mean you know and what i've come to believe is it, the spirit distributes it mm-hmm. and the spirit operates him according to his will well, that's scriptural. That's, yeah, that's and what so you don't, I don't know of anybody that can just come in here and say, you know what, every sick person that comes up here right now, you're all going to get healed. I don't care mm-hmm. what's wrong with you or this or whatever. And by the way, it's gifts of healings in the Greek. Sure. And uh, no one has a gift of healing. It's, no. it's It's just something that, you know, there's all kinds of gifts of healings, yeah. you know, that, 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 that are there. Um but uh, but but it's the same way with you know these prophetic things. You know, I've got a word of wisdom for everybody. I'm gonna tell you your future. I'm gonna read your. Yeah. That's, I know. And, you know, and that 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 happens though, and, and that happens in the church. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it back on the individual per, Christian. If you're coming to if I'm coming into a service, and somebody has a word for somebody or whatever and they t- tell about two or three other people they got a word or they 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 got a word for them a word for them whatever um and then but then he never calls me out and so i go home and i'm depressed yes and i'm 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 feeling bad because god didn't want to speak to me that day God has been speaking to you through his word. word. If you are in the, I mean, the Bible talks about praying without ceasing. It talks about God sent his word and he's communicating with you all the time. But the thing here is, is that you need to have a special word from somebody. And so to me, that comparison is no difference from doing that of running out there and going to get your palm read. It's it's eerily similar. And I'm not saying that, you know, people are trying to contact the occult when mm-hmm. they're doing that. Mm-hmm. But once again, if we just look at the New Testament, you know, yeah. and we measure everything according to the word, yeah, we just don't see this type of behavior. Mm-hmm. In the early church, we don't see it in the writings of Paul, Peter, James, Jude, John. Any, we don't even see it in the ministry of Jesus. No. Do we see him moving in something where he told somebody something that he saw? Yeah, but do we see him doing that a lot? No. Mm-mm. And and by the way, he had the spirit without measure. So if he had the spirit without measure, that implies I had the spirit with measure. Yes. And so if he had the spirit without measure, that means every gift of the spirit would have been operation in his life. Of course. That means that every single prophetic gift would have been there. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't see him doing that. No. We see him talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. 
-hmm. We see some uh, indications of what Revelation talks about in the end times of Matthew 24 and and stuff like that. And by the way, what he prophesied about the destruction of Jerusalem happened 40 years later, exactly the way he said it was going to happen. Oh, yeah, of course. When Titus came in there and literally burnt, broke down the wall, burnt the temple to the ground. Yeah. I mean, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they say, his, his historians uh, record that the disciples at that time that could remember what Jesus said yeah. that was going to happen, remembered it, got out of the city when they saw the army so they wouldn't get killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do we know that Jesus was a real prophet? Of course, he was the son of God. He was God in the flesh. But how do we, how do we know that? Because what he prophesied had happened. Yes. It came to pass. Okay. Okay, and we just got a couple more minutes left, but what I want to do, uh, Pastor, I want you to speak to how does it affect people when a prophet gives a message or gives some sort of prediction and it doesn't come to pass. I mean, like a lot of these guys are saying, well, this is going to happen in our country or whatever, all like that, and it doesn't come to pass, but all these people are continually looking to them and you hear it you hear it in your congregation you hear different people are listening to this that the other and it doesn't come to pass talk to me does it do damage yes it does and uh, and, and what it really it causes disillusion mm-hmm. it causes people to uh, doubt their faith I mean even in our church I mean let me let me use an example um, and I and I know it's I, I know it's sensitive and I, and I realize we take a chance by saying this. Sure. But it, it does need to be brought out. Uh, there were many prophets that prophesied that Trump would be reelected. Yeah, there were. Okay, all right, that's fine. I, you know, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't get reelected, and and mm-hmm. I know some will say, well, they stole the election. Well, I think we need to quit saying that. Yeah. I mean, he did not get reelected. Joe Biden is president of the United States. That's just. And, uh, and, and there's still mm-hmm. people prophesying that he'll be reinstated, okay? If he's reinstated, there'll be nobody more happy than me. Yes, absolutely. I don't believe that. Yeah. But, but irregardless of that, mm-hmm. when, when President Trump was, uh, when, when he was not reelected and Joe Biden was declared the winner, there were people that were so disillusioned in our church. Yeah. I we had some that wouldn't even come to church for a couple of weeks because they were so discouraged. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know and and speaking from a pastoral experience, it was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. It was very frustrating for two reasons. Number one is because I had an inward witness in my spirit even in 2016 that. Um, some of these people prophesying he would win in 2016, which was impressive. It was mm-hmm. very impressive because it didn't look like it was going to happen. Yeah. Somebody says, well, were they right? Well, I don't know because they were certainly wrong on the second time. Yeah. So I, I don't know. God will answer that. I don't know. All I know is that I had a, I don't know how to explain it, but I, somebody was playing one of their little videos or whatever. This is before the election in 2016. Mm-hmm. And this guy was supposed to be prophesying. And there was just something in my spirit that recalled from that. Mm-hmm. Now, I voted for Donald Trump twice. Sure. Okay, so I'll make it very abundantly clear on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But there was something that it just, it just seemed off. 
And that gave, and, and by the way, there were people in uh, 2018 who were prophesying about a red tsunami in the midterm elections. Um, yeah. And let me give you two names there, Charlie Champ and okay. Mark Taylor. All righty. Charlie Champ apologized after we had a blue tsunami. Uh, yeah, he apologized, and he, he said he was wrong, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I, I, anybody could miss it. All right, so we're not, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to criticize somebody to miss it. Yeah. Sometimes we get caught up in our emotions and, and things like that, and, and 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 when we're talking about the future, I think we have to be very careful, especially if we're telling people this is what God showed me, God revealed to me, God said to me. Mm -hmm. We gotta, we gotta tie that to the fact: is that what I want to happen? Yeah. Uh, and that's you gotta really, really look at it. And then secondly, uh, you know, uh, then this this particular election. Um, you know, it caused a lot of trouble. Yeah, it caused a lot. And I'm not talking about just in our church. I'm talking about in all kinds of churches. Oh, I'm I've sure. heard about this. People just got delusion. People just decided, well, you know, God lied to me. God didn't lie to anybody because God, did God didn't say that. No, and that that's the thing. that's what people have got to understand. Just because somebody is saying things, that they that has to be measured, like you were talking yeah, about earlier. Out. You measure it with the word of God. You yeah. measure, I mean, if it don't come to pass, guess what? I think they call that a false prophecy. Yeah, it's a false, it may not make them a false prophet, but it is a false prophecy. Yes. If you continue to do it, I think it does make you a false prophet. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and the second way I was able to do that, and I've shared that before, mm -hmm. and that is that in February of 2020, yeah. Uh, being in that doctor's office, you know, reception area, there's only one in there and anyway, and uh, and uh, I was with someone else that, that, that we had, I brought to the, the hospital there in Austin. And that's when the Lord, you know, I, you know, I'm not trying to be super spiritual about it. I've never had God ever speak to me about an election before. And, and, and the only way I can describe it, and because people say, well, how do you know you got something from God? It's so hard to explain. Mm -hmm. But in this situation, God didn't say anything to me. But mm -hmm. what happened was the whole atmosphere of the room, it was like it changed. I, I don't know how. Unless mm -hmm. you've ever been in that situation, it's hard to describe it. Yeah. I understand it's subjective to everybody else. Sure. What is not subjective is what God revealed to me. Mm -hmm. It's not subjective anymore. And, and the point was, I knew... It, it, call it a revelation. I believe it's a word of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I knew that Joe Biden would be the next president. Yeah. In fact, my response in that waiting room was no. Yeah, please no. And and you know, and I, <laughs> I, I, and it, I was stunned. Yeah. Once again, what prophet has ever told you anything you really wanted to hear? No, he has uh, no. Yeah. That's, so, that's... and I'm not a prophet, but operating in a prophetic gift there, God shared with me information, kind of like Agabus, there's a famine coming. Yeah. You know, uh, like Abraham, God mm -hmm. shared with him, I believe it's Genesis 15, that smoking pot and that, that, was, that sacrifice he made. Yeah. And he goes into a deep sleep and God speaks to him about your people are going to go to a strange land. We know that would eventually be Egypt. Yeah. And uh, and they will suffer hardship for 400 years. Guess what? It happened. It happened. Well, anyway, when the Lord shared that with me, I shared it with the person I brought to the, to the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a very good reaction to it either. No. And uh, I shared it with my wife. I shared it with my dad. I shared it with... 
um, and then I, you know, and I just sat on it for a little bit because I did not feel like the Lord wanted me mm-hmm. to get up in church and share that. No. So then I shared it with a couple of other people outside my family for, I need, I knew it's hard to know. I went down and voted early, hoping. I, you cannot imagine how bad I wanted to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be wrong. I wanted this yeah. not to happen. I mean, I'd be gladly, but I knew. Mm-hmm. And so when that thing turned on election night and the day, it, you know, if it, it, it's just like the Lord was saying, I revealed to you. Why? I, and, I, and I think part of it is because we've had people in our church that have been kind of confused about this. And then the second thing after the election and after the inauguration and all that, mm-hmm. maybe a month later, the Lord just shared with me a simple premise and because I'd asked the Lord, why would you share that with me? You can't imagine how much pain that's caused me. Mm-hmm. And I said, not that I'm griping, but I didn't ask for it. Yeah. I would like to have been blissfully ignorant. And uh and uh, because I don't I mean I'm gonna vote the way I vote mm-hmm. and uh you know and and and, and, the, and you know I was in a prayer meeting not thinking about this anymore and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. Mm-hmm. When I say spoke not audibly. Yeah. But he spoke to me. It, it was authoritative enough. When you've heard enough of these kind of things, you know the shepherd's voice. Sure. And uh, and and he said the reason I revealed to you who the next president would be, reason reason I revealed to you who yeah that's it, who the next president would be is so that you would know who had God's word in their mouth and who did, who not. did not. Yeah. And and I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I did share that word publicly mm-hmm. after there was that big recount, and they still hadn't declared yeah. a winner. And, and you know what I mean. And and you know, and I and I finally, the Lord just said, "You're going to have to share it now." Yeah. And so I did, and uh, and it went over like a lead balloon in the church too. But, of course. And uh, and so, but what I, what I'm saying there is that you know when you have people prophesying and it doesn't matter about whether it's over this Trump thing or not it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the issue is yeah and if you have people continually prophesying things that you put dates on stuff and it doesn't happen mm-hmm. and that's the problem I have with the Trump issue uh, if you prophesied that he was going to win the election and that he would be uh, that you know he'd, he'd continue to be reelected yeah. he'd continue on and so that you you've got a date on that one and then if you say, well, he's going to be reinstated, and you say, well, that's going to happen uh, maybe uh, in, in, in March of the of 2021, and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then you say it's going to be in this. And then there's people now that are saying it's going to be in 2022, it's going to be reinstated. Well, they keep on going and, on and they and just on keep on, on moving and moving. They just moving. cannot receive the, the truth. I guess and... my problem is I don't know why anybody would continue to listen to these people. No. Uh, yeah. Especially if you go to this church. Uh, when yeah. your own pastor has told you at least two things that have come to pass, mm-hmm. and that definitely did come to pass. Joe mm-hmm. Biden is the next; pre- he is the president of the yeah, United States. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, of course, I do not it, vote for that yeah. man, and I will vote against him in twenty twenty four if he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, so we're not, we're, we're not trying to be you know confrontational there, but you know, uh, if you're a prophet or you have prophetical words. Number one, does it line up with scripture? Number two, is it, uh, does it sound reasonable? Yes. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't sound like crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, I I think that's valid there. 
Yes. Uh, God doesn't want us to not use our brain. He gave us one. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it, you know, if you're if you're bringing scripture into it, are those scriptures hermeneutically correct? Yeah. Exactly. You know, we pulling out things that that's not what the Bible was talking about. Yeah. Well, I could use some illustrations on yeah, that one. Yeah, we can go but, for a while. But, but, but we won't do that. But, but you know, so and so and the other one is, does it come to pass? Does it come to pass? So we have three things there. We have number one, does it line up with Scripture? Number two, does it does it make sense? Is it reasonable? Right. And you know, it's not some wacky, far out thing. Uh, and then third, of course. Does it come to pass? Yes. And then that will be proof whether it's a true or a false prophecy. That's good. That's good. Okay, well, I tell you what, we ran a little over this today, but that's okay. I mean, this is really important information. And for the people that are, if uh, you know, if you're if you're new to Christ and you're being discipled, you've got to understand. Keep in your word, keep in the Bible. You've yeah. got to read the Bible. You've got to know the Bible. If you don't know the Bible, you can be deceived buy these things. These things can come up because, folks, I'm sorry, but there are a lot of wacky people out there. There are a lot of wacky doctrines and stuff that are out there in this world that can really deceive. The Bible, Jesus warned about that. And in it, you know, people, uh, false prophets and, and all these false things that'll come up and, you know, that if it were possible, it would deceive even the very elect. Yes. And if you look at all the warnings in the New Testament, yeah, I mean, well, you know, people say, well, is there going to be another Great Awakening? Is there going to be another Reformation? Well, maybe. I mean, that's mm-hmm. possible. God could do that. Mm-hmm. But the warnings of Scripture in the last days, and if we really believe we live in the last days, mm-hmm. I mean, the really the last days, mm-hmm. all the warnings are about deception. Deception. First Timothy four one. Yeah. Second Timothy chapter three. Second uh, Timothy chapter four. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, and then Peter's writing about false prophets and and things, and Jude's warning about there are those who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny mm-hmm. our only Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, yep. there are some, there is some really, and and of course, Revelation. Uh, there's, I mean, there's ominous warnings of deception, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and 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 you and, and Jesus, of course, warned of that. I think you have to look at that and ask yourself, what is the greatest threat in the in the New Testament church mm-hmm. of today? Yeah. It's people being deceived by those that are saying one thing when God has revealed another. Yeah. And uh, and so I, it's just something to be careful about. Know the word that you're know exactly right. Know the word. And know the word. You Measure can. everything according to the word. And don't fall for everything. Yes. Be you know, and the thing is, there's no there's uh, just because you go to the church, just because you that you're listening to somebody, don't you, you, or that's a Christian or there's they they are in a position or what have you. You need to weigh those things. Try the spirits to see if they be of God. I mean, there's all, all sorts of yeah. scriptures, but we won't uh, go into. But anyway, that that's good, and it's good advice to to uh, to everyone to. Um, you know, weigh things, measure things, make sure that they're proper and they're right. And don't go seeking out um, words or what have you. And keep in the Bible, you'll know your word when you know the word. God is speaking to you through the word and he, he'll, he'll reveal things to you. But um, 
Yeah, but okay. Well, Pastor, thank you. This has been good. This has been good <laughs> discussion here. I think next week we're probably going to get on to evangelists, so yes. we'll uh, we'll get in there. So, y'all, um, great uh, great to have you as being a part of this podcast and listening. And we will talk to you, and uh, you'll uh, we'll uh, be with you again next week. God bless you, and uh, go with the Lord. Mm.